All right, people, welcome back to another show. It is good to be back. Sorry I was late on the last episode. Things got out of hand with Parker. God, I hate that guy. But today, ironically, my co-host is absent. He's recovering from the wax he removed everywhere on his body. Hope you're doing well. God, don't bless him. Um, today's another great episode for you guys. But today, I want all my baseball community to hear me out. Alright, so today's episode, I want to dedicate it to the whole baseball community of San Francisco. We're still struggling with the whole pandemic thing and the hashtag uh, Black, My, Black Lives Matter movement. So today, I invited one of my lifelong coaches when I started to play baseball. He is the head of Batters Box and Batters Box Mobile Cages, the head coach of the top-tier Americans NorCal in partnership with Train More, Play Less, and starting their season this month. So please, everyone, join me with Kyle Stewart. Thank you, Mr. Tommy. Appreciate you having me on this uh, on this podcast. I know you've got probably about a million uh, followers right now. So <laughs> uh, I wish, but no, I don't. <laughs> Soon enough, bro. Keep working hard. Thank you. Um, so, Kyle, how are you doing with all this um, pandemic thing going on and the whole protest thing? Um, you know, it's the first uh, when this all happened uh, in March. I was actually in Arizona. Um, our top tier team uh, we had a tournament um, so I think we had literally one of the last weekends of baseball um, mm-hmm. organized baseball uh, in three or four months almost anywhere um, and so I was out there with that and then I happened to also take the mole batting cage out uh, for some spring training events um, and selling bats with Birdman um, so I was you know really looking forward to the baseball season on many levels um, mm-hmm. however as soon as uh, they closed spring training, uh, which again I was there for, um, shut down Major League Baseball. Then all the youth tournaments shut down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then I had to. Then the Bay Area started shut down. Uh, so I had to uh, scramble to get home, uh, drive straight from Arizona um, back to the Bay Area, and then shut down uh, Bowers Box SF. Cancel all of my. Um, Batters Box mobile plans. We had a, a large contract with the A's this year. Um, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Which kind of got canceled. Um, so the first two weeks of all this, um, March 16th to the rest of March, mm-hmm. honestly, it was like a big gut punch. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, this was going to be a massive year um, for everything baseball related that we had planned and mm-hmm. turned into a, a, a huge curveball. Um, so it just took a little while to regroup my thoughts, um, you know, to try and uh, come up with plan B, C, D, E, and F. Um, and in reality, I got to a point uh, within those first week or that first week or two, um, where instead of just scrambling and reacting, trying to piece things together, I just mm-hmm. kind of sat back and uh, huddled up, um, you know, with the family. Uh, I had a baby a month before all this. Um, so oh yeah, congrats on that. Thank you, yeah. Um, so the silver lining of everything is just uh, being able to spend time with family, and mm-hmm. um, which I wouldn't have had otherwise during normal baseball season. Um, and I think a lot of kids should also realize that this has been a precious time for that, and it's nice to see families kind of reconnecting together mm-hmm. uh, in ways that they generally hadn't before. Yeah, so I mean... You just had your recently new child and 
if the baseball season continued, you wouldn't spend as much time, you know, with, uh, you know, with the, you know, with the your child and your fam, your whole family. But thank goodness that you you connected because he was he was born and you have the courage to you know spend a lot more time than usual because now that um the coronavirus kind of impacted the world and that's good. Yeah, yeah, and you know going back to the second part of your question about. Um, the, the race relations and uh, the riots and mm-hmm. police brutality. Um, I think you know, as a business owner, and um, you know, I grew up in uh, Richmond, uh, not the Richmond district, but East Bay, Richmond, um, and it was uh, predominant, predominantly African American community, um, and made it through the '80s of the crack era seeing that firsthand um, and then having all this continue into 2020 the, uh, the disadvantage that um, the systematic disadvantage that still exists for the African American community it's kind of crazy to see it um, out loud or in front of our faces mm-hmm. so for me um, as a business owner um, it was important to connect um, with my audience know by um, you know posting uh, about these topics um, and now you know I don't post every single day about it um, mm-hmm. because my philosophy is you know a lot of people are posting on social media but they're not actually taking uh, steps to mm-hmm. things yeah. um, mm-hmm. I'd rather spend my efforts talking uh, to young individuals you know around your age um, that don't necessarily have any perspective on it and kind of sharing with them uh, ways to uh, pursue uh, equality and you know what I keep coming back to is you know baseball is a, a, a very uh, still almost segregated game in the sense where if you look at African-American participation in Major League Baseball it's down to about four percent um, from uh, the 80s which was significantly higher and you know funny funny enough I've always had a passion for um, for kind of uh, trying to re-engage the African American community into baseball because I think it's such a great sport. Uh, teaches a lot of life lessons. So I went to the winter meetings uh, this, in January, oh sorry, December, in San Diego, and met with Corey Smith, uh, MLB head of uh, diversity, uh, Dave Stewart, you know, pitcher for the A's, grew up out here, and so you know, we really had. Um, on the table to re-engage inner cities um, through baseball. Uh, obviously, the pandemic kind of uh, put a lot of those plans on hold, but then all this stuff happened, um, you know, with police brutality, and now it kind of re-engaged uh, the movement um, for equality. Um, so this, you know, we're working on some really cool things to try and um, sponsor kids uh, in the baseball community um, to you know, have the same level of coaching that the kids that pay, you know, $3,000 will be able to get, um, mm-hmm. to come out of pocket. So, um, yeah, it's just a very interesting time, obviously, with, uh, pandemic and race relations, um, and everything in between. Mm-hmm. So I'll jump right into the questions right now. Um, <clears throat> what made you start a business for the whole baseball community of San Francisco? And I know that a lot of San Franciscans, uh, who play baseball at there's not really a lot of diverse teams and not really elite um, compared to the other cities. But like for your, you know, for your company, Batter's Box, it, um, 
it helped me connect with a lot of baseball players in San Francisco and kind of um, helped start a, you know, my growth to, you know, having good relationships with the players and former players. Like, but why'd you start it? Why did you start the business? Um, well, when I was 18, maybe 18, 19, um, I'd gone to San Jose State uh, straight after high school. Mm-hmm. And um, baseball had always been my passion. And so um, as I was um, trying out for the team as a walk-on and having pretty good success, I tore my labrum and oh. mm-hmm. I'm back. So um, I got to a point where I was like, you know, I knew that my career was probably going to be over. Um, mm-hmm. However, my passion for baseball um, never stopped. And so, um, you know, one of the big my focuses, uh, I've always felt um, that I wanted to be my own boss. And, oh. <laughs> uh, and just having, um, you know, something that I, uh, you know, combining my passion. So I wrote a business plan when I was 18. Uh, to open a baseball facility in mm-hmm. East Bay. and at that point in my life, obviously, uh, I didn't have any money, and you know, I, uh, the resources were few and far between, and almost impossible for someone at my age at that time to have gotten a loan to kick it off the ground. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, but I, I was very serious about it. Um, I think I, I called it around the horn baseball. It's going to be like a, a full baseball uh, community facility. And then I got, uh, I became a manager of Pete's Coffee at 20. And at that time, I was making really good money. I think 70K back in 2003 uh, for a 20 year old, I was pretty excited about. So, kind of put the baseball stuff on hold. Mm-hmm. And fast forward to 2014, uh, going through a bunch of different professional career stuff. I was working at a solar company as a project manager. Mm-hmm. And um, the office was moving from Oakland to deep in the East Bay, and I decided, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to uh, do that. I don't want to commute. And some okay. told me, hey, you should pursue this passion of, of you know, opening a baseball facility. Um, and so the next day, I actually uh, met my partners. Um, on Craigslist, funny enough, um, <laughs> and they were in the process of opening Batter's Box, um, or had just opened Batter's Box within uh, two months. And so their vision was, you know, just to give back to the baseball community uh, because there was a severe lack of baseball in San Francisco, as, as you were probably aware. Mm-hmm. Um, so I jumped on, you know, I said, I don't care how much it pays, this is what I want to do, and, and I'm going to... Um, build it from the you know essentially from the ground up and so um yeah i jumped in with them um and it was a, it's been a great ride um you know i went from uh establishing myself just as a general manager to now being um you know after four years ago being an owner of Box sf and so um you know it's nice to uh build the cash checks you know signed by myself and um you know, working for myself. Um, yeah, just the baseball community in general, um, you know, needed, especially in San Francisco, uh, needed something uh, to kind of reinvigorate uh, the city. You know, once the Giants won the World Series in 2010, um, 
you know, there was a big kind of push for baseball to kind of um, bring baseball back to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, just kind of combining my passion for business, for baseball, and mentoring and helping um, helping players and kids is essentially what brought me to Batters Box Heads Up. That's huge. Yeah, it did help a lot of players to connect with other players, in which you started. Um, anyways, uh, next question is. Next question is: Two years ago, or or one year ago, you started building up a team and later went beyond partnering up with Train More, Play Less. Uh, recently, uh, why? Why is that? Um, well, so having the facility. Um, I was a, kind of a one-man show, and I was for a long period of time working like six or seven days a week. Um, and personally, I I don't like the travel ball scene. Um, I think it is just exploiting uh, kids uh, and putting risk, injury risk, on them uh, for overuse and stuff like that. So I always had a lot of parents um, that came to the facility uh, ask about starting a program and. Um, I, for me, I didn't want to really get involved in that for a long time. Um, for reason number one is, you know, I've had a facility and it's hard to find that line, you know, to say, um, hey, yeah, yes, we'll take your kid. No, we won't take your kid. And if I push, you know, if I cut people or push people away, is that going to adversely affect um, batter's box? And are they not coming back because they're sad that they make a team? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it's hard to find good coaching. And so, um, you know, I didn't want to put a product out where the coaching was, you know, I just got somebody that could breathe um, to stand on third base and call themselves a coach. Um, so finally, uh, a couple years ago, I, I started the Generals. Um, and with that, um, you know, we had a very similar philosophy as Tramor Playlist, actually, before I kind of knew what Tramor Playlist was and what Jason was doing down there. Um, and we had limits for pitch counts. Um, we had uh, limits for how many games we were going to play, um, how many innings, you know, kids were going to pitch. Uh, they're not going to pitch and catch in the same game, mm-hmm. uh, same weekend. And so very similar um, objectives, but mainly... You know, I believe that to be a good baseball player, you have to be a good athlete. And, um, you know, we focused a lot on athletic training, mm-hmm. um, getting stronger and faster and everything. Um, so the natural, so for me, uh, you know, two years ago, I also started Batters Box Mobile. Um, so, you know, which is our, our mobile batting case. Um, so we're going around getting booked for a lot of events, doing different things. And so between balancing Batters Box Mobile, Batters Box SF, it was really hard to find the balance to, you know, keep the teams going, keep the program um, running or expand it because of uh, just a kind of, there's not, a, there, I didn't have a lot of coaching staff. Uh-huh. Um, so Jason, uh, meeting Jason and Michael, I think in November, um, you know, about, they asked if I wanted to join Train More, Play Less, and uh, you know, doing my research on on that and top tier Americans, I thought it'd be a great fit um, because it would give me uh, additional resources for coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason is very well connected um, in the baseball world, which um, you know, when you're a coach that has 
positive reputation and good relationships, then you can get into the tournaments that other teams can't get into. You can go to, um, you know, colleges will invite new teams out to do uh, scout days or camps um, to take a look at high school players. Yeah. So, um, you know, I felt like I, I wasn't, um, I, originally I didn't have any interest in, in being in that scene and, and schmoozing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, meeting Jason and knowing that he always looks out for his players as best he can, you know, I felt, I felt it was a good fit to co-brand um, with top-tier American trademark playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think you make the right choice working with Jason, Michael, and, um, you know, all, all the great TMPL um, employees? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I mean, it's really unfortunate, the timing, because, uh, you know, we had our our one tournament in Arizona uh, as top tier is really our first one mm-hmm. and um, did really well uh, and you know we had a lot of momentum kids were super excited mm-hmm. you know, you almost see um, the confidence on their faces after after the tournament yeah hungry um, and then you know COVID hit and so um, you know we're having to kind of restart and rebuild that momentum mm-hmm. um, but no I do think it was a great um you know, it's a, it's a good relationship. Uh, I'm really excited to continue to develop it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even before this, uh, you know, the, our partnership, this was going to be the first year I actually had um, a deep coaching staff, really, really good coaches. I mean, I had, um, you know, Jack DeRue, which yeah. um, great, great coach, great catching coach, played in, professionally in Japan, went to IMG Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Troy Merrow. Uh, was the USA Baseball 17U um, coach and um, also coached in college. Um, Matt Ladresh was you know, four-year starter at Cal, um, pitcher played Diamondbacks, um, and uh, Michael, uh, who's uh, had his program in Tracy for years. Um, and then myself and Nico, um, you know, so we really had a, a lot of coaches to pull from. And then adding, you know, having Jason's resources, um, he's doing a great job on the back end. Mm-hmm. Expectations for players, for families, um, you know, been documenting base running and hitting and all kind of things, um, you know, modules to actually educate mm-hmm. players. Um, so he's got a lot of infrastructure that I just haven't had the time to put together. Um, so I'm really appreciative of, of our partnership. I think it's going to go really well. Nice. So moving on, how... So, you know, as like a business business owner for like almost an attorney from what I've known, um, how come you never wanted to be a high school coach? Um, now, I understand that you you did feel a little uncomfortable sense of not not wanting to be a um, a club team coach because, you know, all the drama would happen then. You know, you wouldn't recruit this kid, but he was your client for almost like um, almost when you started a, a business. But how come you never wanted to be like a school coach, like a high school coach? Um, well, if I, I think if I hadn't had batter's box, I, I maybe would have gone that route. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like committing to a single school when I have a platform that um, includes people from any school or anywhere, I didn't want to isolate uh, myself from different customers by choosing, you know, one school um, to, to associate with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, it gets very political in high school. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want to have complete autonomy 
um, and control over uh, decision-making processes um, and you know, do what I feel is best for players. And um, yeah, I just didn't want to kind of corner myself and make allegiance to one school. And especially like having a um, having our own travel program, uh, I feel like that would have kind of complicated things a little bit. Mm-hmm. So speaking of players, when it comes to players, what do you want them to get most out of from your motivation or from the other coaches of your program? Like, how do you treat players in ways other coaches like about, you know, you, you and the top tier? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, first and foremost, uh, a lot of coaches and programs forget that this is all about the players, right? Especially at this stage, right? So, yeah. Um, you know, nothing really matters other than is, are you making this player a better person? Um, are you teaching them, you know, right from wrong? Are you imparting um, positive things um, on them? And then, you know, so kind of building a character is number one, and then building a ball player is number two. So, um, but even ball player, you know, building ball player starts with work ethic, um, you know, not giving up. Are you going to grind? Are you going to work hard? Um, so, there's a lot of mental pieces uh, that come before trying to build a, a, a ball player. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, life lessons is, is one of the main things that I, I hope to impart on players. And, you know, I don't know how many coaches, um, you know, called all of their players through COVID, but you know, my, my goal was, um, you know, I realized how tough of a time it is for kids to not be in school, to not be friends, um, there's a significant mental health challenge with all of that mm-hmm. um, not being addressed so I felt it necessary um, on top of our weekly Zoom calls to try and call every single kid um, inside of my program and even outside of my program just to check in and see how they're doing um, you know if they need someone to talk to um, you know particularly with uh, once the race stuff happened uh, police brutality stuff you know I really want to check in with African American players or um, you know people of mixed race and um, you know, because it gets more confusing mm-hmm. uh, adding that stuff in. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, just trying to build a, a proper human, you know, because if you look at the numbers, half, you know, it's a very low percentage of these guys are going to play beyond high school. Um, so my goal is to try to help elongate their career as long as possible, mm-hmm. play, you know, in college, um, but also just to uh, you know, develop them as uh, young young leaders of the next generation. Um, before I um, jump into this next question, I want to say congrats on you know having your first child, Logan Logan Stewart. Yep. So I mean, obviously you have a lot of kids in your program. You want to motivate them to you know to have a bright to have a bright future in careers at high school and colleges. But, you know, first and foremost, you always, the children always have to come first, your child. So what do you see Logan in 15 years? Um, well, I see, you know, obviously um, when the pandemic stuff starts to slow down a little bit, I'd like to expose him to as much baseball as possible, um, starting from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really kind of how it starts. And um, the tough part is... Uh, not pushing him too hard. Uh, I've, I've seen it firsthand where 
uh, you know, you got these baseball dads that are, you know, up their kids' butt uh, in practice or in the batting cage. And, yeah. Um, trying to live, you know, their life through the kid because they didn't play high school baseball or college baseball or didn't make it and, you know, are, are trying to push that kid. Um, I don't want to be that dad. Mm-hmm. I want to give uh, my kids enough freedom to make their own decisions. And, um, you know, I, I feel like if you just present things in a positive manner, then they will gravitate towards them. Um, so in 15 years, uh, you know, we're, I, I'm pretty sure Logan, he's already a big dude. He's <laughs> tall, he's 20 pounds at five months, and he's got a heck of a grip. Oh, um, I'm predicting him to be a, a third baseman. Yeah. Um, that's hidden tanks. He's yes. probably going to throw at 15. He might be throwing 80. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we'll uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed that he takes interest in the game. Um, but yeah, he's. I'm excited. He's going to be a beast. But what do you see yourself in 20 years after you know all of your you know favorite players, including myself, hopefully after we're done with you know high school and college. Uh, well, I mean, when you finish college, I'm expecting you to get drafted. So you're gonna, you're gonna have to give me some uh, front row tickets to your debut <laughs> game. Um, that'll probably be less than 20 years because you're really old at that point, 35 year old uh, rookie. Um, <laughs> in 20 years, I mean, I don't, I don't. This is what I love doing. I love coaching. Uh, I love mentoring. I love teaching. So, uh, you know, I don't see myself doing anything else um now on what level that is i've always had a dream to be a general manager um for a major league team oh and um you know it's been nice making a lot of different connections within the major league baseball world in the past four years um because it it does open doors and i feel like once they get to a certain point in business where everything is kind of running itself uh, self-sufficient I don't have to be there every day and I might pursue something in Major League Baseball uh, front office and um, you know see see where that takes me but no the goal is to have Batters Box um, and Batters Box Mobile rolling for the next uh, you know 30-40 years so I can pass it off to my son or uh, or you know players in my program or whoever I mean I just want to keep doing what I'm doing I feel like Declan's a good choice. I don't know. Declan, um, Declan's about 12 years old sometimes. <laughs> just a big, a big kid. Um, no, he's a great worker. I, I love Declan. And Declan, you know, the problem with Declan, he's going to get signed. He's going to go to the show in like two years. Mark my words, man. Oh, you hear that, going, Declan? We're going to get him. I've already had scouts hit me up, bro. So um, once he's eligible, he's going 93 next year, 94. Gonna, we're gonna put in good word and get him, get him somewhere. Nice. Uh, last question, Kyle Stewart. I don't want to waste any word, any of your time after all these boring questions. Um, this question is everyone's favorite. Everyone, uh, every baseball player's favorite question about our good old friend Charlie's Weebleman. Uh, do you think Charlie will be a PO, a pitcher only, for the rest of his baseball career? Ooh, tough question. Um, you know, I think Charlie, when he doesn't get too amped up, yeah, <laughs> uh, and get it himself, I think he's a good hitter. Um, but 
you've got you've to get that mental part down because as a hitter and as a pitcher, when you start pressing too hard and you're all, your, your butthole's tight, um, you know, it messes up your swing and, and your concentration. Um, but he, he, we were doing some live at bats last week and he hit a few, uh, he hit a few seeds. Um, so I don't think he'll be a PO. I think the unfortunate part is that being a lefty, uh, if you're a good lefty pitcher, that when you get to high school, generally what's going to happen is they're going to try and PO you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but there's nothing wrong with that. If you're a, if you're a balling pitcher, I mean, you know, save it. Save that arm and just deal when you're called upon. Um, so, no, I think Charlie's going to, you know, I, I think if he uh, if he gets his mind right, he can do anything he wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just got to not hulk out so much. You get Charlie angry and he's going he's gonna to come after you. Well, I mean, I recently heard that you struck out by Charlie due to his, you know, um, anger of what happened. I don't know what happened, but he, is this true that you struck out from Charlie? Yeah, we had some uh, live at bats on Friday, and um, it was the last session of our high school camp, and um, I had a few people call out, and uh, yeah, you know, I haven't swung a bat in about four months, so decided to walk in against Char, and you know, it's just really hard to hit 40 miles an hour. I mean, <laughs> it's like the ball. You know, I I don't I haven't seen a hanging fastball in a while. Uh, <laughs> it, it looks so juicy that it's just hard not to fly open. Um, yeah. But no, he did. I'll give it to him. He get, he got me one time mm-hmm. um, on on a super changeup in the dirt. Uh, oh dang. So, but you know, it, all it did is it fired me up to get back in shape, start taking hacks, and mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna take him 450 dead center in a month. Yeah, Charlie should be scared. <laughs> I feel like um, if you hit a bomb, if you hit a 500 foot bomb off him, like a change of right down the middle, um, I feel like he's gonna um, just. I think he's just gonna quit baseball. No, he would. <laughs> I think he showed a lot of maturity and growth over the past year. Still got a long way to go, but um, he's starting to channel his uh, his emotions in, into baseball, which I think all. All good players do, um, but I think it's a different story if you were to uh, strike him out and then take him 450 dead center. Because you guys seem to have a little rivalry going on. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it still is ever since of what happened in San Diego. But um, I thought we moved along past that. Um, but I guess not because I kind of I kind of said that his changeup looked really, really looked kind of like a hanging fastball a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> So yeah, I guess um, he, I guess he's still in the middle of making my, another diss track of me. So Ooh, I'm really excited about that. that. I mean, we gotta get um, we gotta bring back the rap beat. Yeah, <laughs> we need to put this guy in front of an audience. Let's go! I know Archie's making beats. Shout out to Archie. Oh yeah, Archie. Mm-hmm. We'll have a mixed beat for you guys. Well, this concludes with the questions for you, Mr. Stewart. Thank you so much for chiming in and joining me on the 12th episode and for being a good fella today. I appreciate you having me, Mr. Chom Graham. And uh, to all you baseball players out there, um, you know, don't let the COVID situation get you down. This is legitimately the best opportunity you will probably have in your lifetime mm-hmm. to work on something every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, don't use it as excuse. Use it as a motivation. And um, I hope to see everyone 
uh, on the baseball field too. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Kyle, and I hope everyone had a good Fourth of July yesterday, uh, despite of what's happening in our world right now, for obvious reasons. Um, I hope everyone has a good Sunday and a good week, and I will see you all of you. I'll see all of you next Sunday. Peace out, people.